thank you for downloading this in-ear entertainment podcast. You're listening to Shakespeare's Sonnets. Sonnet 151. Love is too young to know what conscience is, yet who knows not conscience is born of love. Then, gentle cheater, urge not my amiss, lest guilty of my faults thy sweet self prove. For, thou betraying me, I do betray my nobler part to my gross body's treason. My soul doth tell my body that he may triumph in love. Flesh stays no farther reason. But rising at thy name doth point out thee as his triumphant prize, proud of this pride. He is contented thy poor drudge to be, to stand in thy affairs, fall by thy side. No want of conscience hold it that I call her love, for whose dear love I rise and fall. That was Sonnet 151 of Shakespeare's Sonnets. I am Mark Chatterley and I am joined, as always, by a just woken up... (laughs) Jerry Healers. Good morning! I'm telling the world your secrets that you... Don't you sleep in till stupid o'clock in the afternoon. Because I work in the night. He doesn't work in the night. He just I only watch porn. Yeah, and you go for long walks to the twenty four hour Tesco and buy junk food. I do that sometimes too. Yeah, see. But that's because the only other place that's open twenty four hours where I could get junk food is spa and Yeah. You don't like spa. It's... It's the one on City Road, if you know that one. It's it's fairly expensive. Ah, well then, then 24-hour mm. Tesco it is, where you can buy frozen omelettes or TVs, whatever you want. Yeah, I don't really get frozen omelettes. Or the, um, I don't think they do it anymore, but for a while they sold peeled oranges. As in oranges that are pre-peeled? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, like a plastic. The, the plastic box up the shape of the orange. That's wow. That's a whole new yep. level of of late. It's not difficult to peel an orange. Yeah. Oh, I guess people with um, what's the word? Motor. Yeah. Skill thingy. People who are less abled in that regard. But I'm I'm fairly sure that they haven't been forsaking oranges up until this point. They would have found a way to deal with that. I don't know. I mean, Tesco wouldn't just. They would have done a focus group. <laughs> and I would have loved to be in the focus group. That just goes, we always stare at this product and we don't understand how we open it. It's not like a banana that you can just crack open. How does this work? I tried eating it and it was all horrible. <laughs> yeah, that's just weird. That's, yeah, okay, let's leave that. Yeah, because frozen omelettes aren't weird. Yeah, no, they're very weird. Or pancake mix. Oh, pa- it's like... Eggs, flour, milk, it's not gonna... Pancake mix has a very good thing for me, which is that um, my other half's allergic to eggs. So with a pancake mix in a bottle, everything's contained either within the bottle or within the pan. There's no egg residue around the kitchen, so he doesn't die. So it actually has a use for me, but I admit I'm quite a rare case. Is is pan um, egg residue... Is that a thing? Yeah, yeah. So when you crack an egg, so you've got to crack an egg on a bowl or a side. So then you've got, and then you're whipping it up. So you, you kind of particles of egg sort of go everywhere. And it's enough to, 
irritate his hands and if he was to touch it and then touch his mouth he could he could die so it, it contains everything inside a bottle and into the pan you pour in but i mean that's just a use i have for it otherwise yes you're lazy if you don't make your own batter hmm. that's a that's very allergic to eggs yeah damn i, I know it's not good not good. Sonnet one five one. Let's talk about Sonnet one five one. I, I mean, as I said before, we started recording this. I didn't read this ahead of time, and I don't think it would have helped if I had. Well, I, I think, I think there's a double entendre rudeness going on in here. So he's got the 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 last line, the for, um, her love for whose dear love I rise and fall. There's that kind of meaning of I think is in she brings him life. He his chest rises and falls while he's breathing. But when, but also erections. Yeah, and especially when you couple that with um, further on the um, flesh stays no farther reason, but rising at thy name doth point out thee as his triumphant prize, proud of this pride. So proud, another way of saying erection <clears throat> is to say you're standing proud. Um, yeah, it does yeah. point. I don't know. The, to me, maybe I've got a very rude mind, but there, I, there seems to be a lot of erection... <clears throat> references throughout this well i don't think it's too far-fetched to see that we have had quite a lot of um rude um comments in his sonnet so far the whole um what was the masturbating one (laughs) (laughs) to to have um traffic with oneself traffic with thy own self let's see Uh, so i think i think that's definitely possible It, it seems to be yeah, he's. It's become sexual now. This relationship. Has it actually become sexual? Uh, then? I don't know. I think so because. Or is he just the, horny? I think it might be sexual because it is talking about. Uh, it started the third line. Then gentle cheater, urge not my amiss, less guilty of my faults. I sweet self prove, uh, for thou betraying me. So I think. He is sleeping with her and she's sleeping with someone else. Possibly, and this might be a stretch, possibly the fair youth. And I think there's some sort of weird love triangle thing going on here. <laughs> You're quickly scanning it through going, it's Mark making No, crap I'm just... <clears throat> I didn't see any reference to uh, to the fair youth anywhere. Well, it's only I, I I guess maybe it's not, but it's only because the, the the relationship seems to have been chronological. He's he seems to have met the dark lady somehow, and if his life revolved around the fair youth before the dark lady, it it almost made sense in my head that they all knew each other. And there was reference to the fair youth sleeping with a lady back in Sonnet thirty odd, something like that, and he can get very upset. Hmm. So uh, maybe I don't know. Maybe that was the dark lady. This is all me just making yeah. me, not me sort of adding in my own interpretations to things. I guess. Hmm. No, I don't see it. Okay, okay, you don't see the fair youth in there. Fine, but do you think that she's? They're they're sleeping together at all, or do you are you? I I can see that. Okay. It, it's now that you've uh, you've said it's all about having sex. It, it yeah, it kind of jumps out at you. 
Yeah, I, I think it, it's there anyway. It's a bit like... Um, <clears throat> is it John Donne who has the, um, the metaphysical poets where he has... He describes flies? Yes. I, that just... And just basically goes just goes through that and essentially he's just saying please sleep with me please <laughs> it it seems a bit like that I don't know if they have actually had sex so you're not, you're not... I don't know if, it, if it's happened or if he wants it to happen oh okay Let, let's have a reread uh, well, it says, for thou betraying me. She's definitely betraying him in some way, whether that is physically or not. So either they've slept together and she's now sleeping with someone else, or his obsession is making him think there's a relationship there when there isn't, and she's now sleeping with someone else. So yeah, I, I give that. Maybe maybe the relationship at this point is in his mind. As so many things throughout the sonnets. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but I—I I mean, when you when you mix that with the the physical metaphors that are in there for erections and rising, would Shakespeare have such a a lot of physical imagery in there if there wasn't a physical aspect to this relationship? Does does not that that use of the physical terms imply a physical relationship, or are you arguing that's just horniness? I don't know. I'm I'm tempted to just see it as horniness. Okay. It hasn't so far. Un- unless she's just using him because he's there and she's also horny. <laughs> Nothing so far has indicated that she has any interest in sleeping with him. No, and yeah, that's true. She, we've not seen this relationship from her side at all. She is portrayed as bewitching him, but it's never. We're never led to believe that she feels for him in any way near what he feels for her. Whereas I think we were with the fair youth. There was always that kind of. It was the fair youth also had some kind of yeah, albeit attraction. Yeah, not on the same in, level as Shakespeare, but there was a kind of hint that there was a relationship back be it a mentor mentee or a friendship whereas yeah this is complete because he's been so aggressive to the dark lady that i mean that's the big yeah, difference yeah. there's been so much aggression in these and even again the the physical imagery here that you don't you don't go around when you're wooing a woman referring to your erection it's just not the done thing Eh, nice guys do. <laughs> As in, the internet nice guys, in quotes. Yeah. Why won't you sleep with me? That I, That's a bit how I see this one, though. Okay. He's like, oh, I'm so horny and I'm hard and why won't you just... Look, it's pointing at you. That means it wants you. <laughs> that, that kind of thing. <sighs> <laughs> I actually stopped you mid fort then. That's genius. Just, 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 yeah. The image of, of Shakespeare running around with an erection, <laughs> going, "It's pointing at you." <laughs> the drunk on the street. Who? Who's it? You. And when asked, it's his, it's his sexy, wexy, timey wimey penis. 
Oh God. <laughs> Did I tell you I saw someone I, I used to respect and I've lost a lot of respect for them on the internet said that the two greatest writers working at the moment were Dan Harmon and and, and Moffat and I was like no yeah, I yeah, used to you respect your opinion <sighs> yeah both of whom I think suffer from the same thing that Shakespeare suffers from every now and then which is they don't edit themselves They've got to the point, and there are a few sonnets, and we've mentioned it about three or four times in this run of sonnets, that it just felt like Shakespeare hadn't tried. He'd kind of just written down a load of things and gone, there we go, that's a sonnet. Because I think when you get to a certain level of celebrity, and and this happens to creative people uh, quite a lot, and it happens to business people, is that you get told over and over and over again that you are brilliant, you're the next big thing. You stop editing yourself because you you sort of buy into this idea that everything you do is natural talent. So the first thing you write down is gold and doesn't need to be touched. And I think all three of those people fall into the same trap, except for Shakespeare seems to have more control of it. Mainly because I, I believe Shakespeare still... Shakespeare was never extraordinarily rich, I don't think, was he? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he's certainly... He wouldn't have had money problems. No. But he he needed to keep working. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I I have no idea what his personal wealth was. No. I'd be interested to know. But I suppose on, on one level, it's... He had a smaller audience to keep happy. The modern writers can get away with alienating a portion of their writers by killing off a uh, a character that they like, and or or just becoming worse at writing because there are just as many people who will follow them anyway. Whereas yeah, just... back in Shakespeare's time, he had to keep the queen happy. He had to keep the nobles happy. He had. To... There were certain people he had to keep on side which meant he had to keep editing his work. Maybe. Maybe this is all supposition. I can I can see that, though, how um, he would have to keep slightly more control over what he does rather than someone like Moffat, who just essentially gets given free... Now, I'm not even sure Moffat ever edited himself. No, well, I mean, when, when people talk about Moffat, it's really interesting on Doctor Who... They still talk about his episodes he wrote in the Russell T. Davis. No no one goes, oh, Moffat's best episode was, and then mentions one of the new episodes. It's always... Um, yeah, it's something like Blink. Blink, yeah, or, or the Forest one um, with the with the Vashnarada. The, yeah. Or yeah. the Clockwork one, which I hated, but loads of people like, with the Clockwork androids in... in uh, Girl in the Fireplace. That's the one. And people always yeah, mention... I quite liked that one though. I uh, see, I didn't. But people always mention them, which uh, interestingly, the episodes where he was being hugely edited by Russell T. Davis and other script writers, script editors. No one ever goes. Well, not even because <clears throat> I know Russell T. Davis said um, he chose Moffat because he barely had to edit his scripts, but <laughs> Moffat still had constraints. Yes. He, there was a there was an overarching plot. He was told your episode has to fit in in the timeline. Here, this is what's going to happen to the that, 
here's what happened so far. This is what needs to happen next. Write me something within that very small space, even if it's Doctor Who, where you can still go off in a hundred different directions. Yeah, he was controlled. Yeah, yeah. Even if Davies apparently didn't edit him as much as maybe some other writers on the show, he was still very, very much uh, restricted. And now that's gone. Now he he's the head writer. He's the head head editor, and just he can't do plot. That's the problem with Moffat as well. He he set up this. What was it? Two seasons ago, series ago, he set up this whole oh mid season break. We're gonna do the American thing, yes. and there's gonna be a huge payoff when we come back. And it was just eh. yeah, yeah. You waited four months and, and nothing happened. It's just like, and it was explained away through some twist of time. It's that's not a satisfying resolu- resolution to no, something. No, no. It's very clever. I I won't deny he's a very clever man. And and to keep the timeline he created straight in his head, he has to be a very clever man because it's all over the place. But yeah. Hmm. Sorry, off, I went mm. off. I went off a little bit about uh, off on one, um, but yes, I I, I I I can't remember why we went down that route. But oh well. Um, do you have any final points about Sonnet One Five One before before we we draw it to a close? I I can't really think of any. No, no, no. Well, that's fine. I think you should read us out, and 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 I'm going to look forward to hearing you talk about penis innuendo. innuendo. Sonnet 151 Love is too young to know what conscience is, yet who knows what conscience is born of love? Then, gentle cheater, urge not my amiss, lest guilty of my faults thy sweet self prove. For, thou betraying me, I do betray my nobler part to my gross body's treason. My soul doth tell my body that he may triumph in love. Flesh stays no farther reason, but rising as thine... (laughs) <laughs> First penis nah. reference and you die. Flash stays no farther reason, but rising at thy name doth point out thee as his triumphant prize. Proud of this pride, he is contented by poor... Uh... You were doing very well. I, I stressed the <laughs> Yeah, word. but by and thy aren't really... Proud of this pride, he is contented thy poor drudge to be, to stand in thy affairs, fall by thy side. No want of conscience halt it that I call her love for whose dear love I rise and fall. Woo! That was horrible. It, it was a bit, sorry. That was <laughs> <laughs> that was Sonnet 151 of Shakespeare's Sonnets. Mm. I have been Mark Chatterley, and you can follow me on Twitter at inearent. And I have been Thierry Healis, and you can follow me on Twitter at Sound of Seagulls. And we shall see you next time for Sonnet 152. Just oh, mind blowing. Bye bye. Bye. You've been listening to Shakespeare's Sonnets with Mark Chatterley and Thierry Hellis. This has been an in-ear entertainment podcast. To listen to other podcasts or find out more about in-ear entertainment, go to 
www.inearentertainment.com.